The Beaux-Arts Photography Podcast with Alan and Natalie Brio. Today we are going to talk about the concept of accomplishments. And uh, this is the follow-up to our previous podcast, which was on making plans for the future, right? For the year. Yeah. And uh, you have quite a few things to talk about in regards to the concept of accomplishments, right? I think the first thing we should do is actually define what an accomplishment is. That would be a good idea. Like that, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> exactly. So the definition of accomplishment is something successfully done and completed. That sounds good. Completed is very important because it is so easy for us to start a project, but it is so difficult to complete it. Yeah, the hard part is not... Well, starting a project is challenging, but completing it is really where a lot of people fail in a way. You know, there's a lot of projects that have been started, but there's many of them that haven't been completed. The proof of success is completing it, obviously. I think the next thing we should talk about is reasons why we should list our accomplishments. I mean, why is that important? Why should we list our accomplishments? Right, right. And you have a list of reasons, right? I do. I, I have five reasons why this is important. The first one I have is to gain self-awareness. And I read General Patton's book, and in it he said that it's really important to celebrate your achievements. And when I read that, I thought, yeah, that is very true. However, you know, in this particular book, they're more talking about warfare, you know, their achievements of conquering, you know, a battle or winning a battle. So it's a little bit different. But the concept... I thought was very important because if we don't celebrate our accomplishments and we don't look at our accomplishments regularly, like we don't have it on display, whether it's a photography award or we published a book or a photograph won a competition, then we're going to forget these things. Yeah, and we tend to believe that we are not getting anywhere. Exactly. Because we don't quite look at what we've done. We only think, what else can I do or what can I do now? Right. Yeah, It's very important to stop and pause and take stock of what you've done. Right. Yeah, And celebrate. Exactly. Yeah. I think celebration is very important. You know, it's something that you need to do. You can't, I don't think, necessarily depend on your family to take the initiative to celebrate your accomplishments. You know, I try to think of you every time that you, you know, finish a project or a book or, you know, I know that it's important to celebrate these accomplishments. But, you know, sometimes you're going to have to do it yourself. So what are you going to do to celebrate? Right, you have to have a, a plan. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a routine, sometimes a, a sort of... A, uh, you know, tradition in a way. Yeah, you know, like exactly. going to a particular restaurant or, um, you know, doing something quite specific that you do when you celebrate. You know, when right. you finish something. Well, sometimes for me, it's just making you a really nice meal at home, something that I know that you really like and enjoy. Right. A bottle of champagne. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything right. over right. the top. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah, and and you can't really count on other people to do that for you because they might, but they might not. You have no control over it, but you certainly have control whether you do it for yourself or not. And, right. Uh, you know, and and what is considered an accomplishment by you may not be considered an accomplishment by others. It all depends where people are at. Right. You know, what I would celebrate ten years ago, I might not celebrate now because it doesn't mean a whole lot. You know, but back then it meant a lot. You know, so we change, we evolve, and so we we sort of have to define for ourselves what it is that we consider to be an accomplishment and what it is that isn't an accomplishment, you know. Right. I mean, for me to make one print is not an accomplishment, but at one time, making a good print was an accomplishment. Oh, yes. You know, <laughs> and I, now it would seem fairly ridiculous for me to celebrate every time I make a nice print. But for somebody who is just starting, that may just be the case, you know. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. It's different people at different levels. And if you go to somebody and you say, should I celebrate that? Well, you're sort of dependent on their own idea of what considered an accomplishment. Right. And if you say, I, I just made a great print, I should celebrate, should I? They might look at you and say, well, what's there to celebrate? You know, Because they don't, they don't quite understand where you are at, right? Well, and I don't think they see necessarily the hard work or the practice or the skills that you have put into that print. Yeah, and there's two reasons for that. The first one is because, like I explained, they might be beyond that stage. Right. And if they're not teaching, they are not aware of where they are exactly. You know, as teachers, we have to be aware of a lot of things that we did not or we wouldn't have to be aware of if we weren't teaching. Right. And that's because in order to understand where somebody is at and in order to help that person move forward, we have to have an understanding. You oh, know, I agree. If we were just, you know, doing our own career and not teaching, we wouldn't have to have that awareness. Well, I remember one situation when I was teaching art in Chin Lee. I was teaching how to draw portraits. The students were actually drawing each other in class, and I had lights set up. And, you know, I had the guidelines for drawing the face and everything. And I had one student's drawing on my desk, and I had written A, and I put excellent. And another student came up to me and she looked at that drawing. And in her opinion, that drawing was not worth an A. And the word excellent with an exclamation, I mean, what is that? So I said to her, let me show you something. So I opened my bottom drawer. I pulled out the first drawing, the very first drawing that this student did in my class. And I put him side by side. And I said, what do you think? And she said, he deserves an A. <laughs> right. Yeah, because <laughs> he, if the first one had, you know, if you give an A to the first one, then what do you do to the last one, right? And if you give an F to the last one, what do you do to the first one? So what you're saying is that you have to take things in relationship with each other. You right? do. And, yeah. and that's how when I taught, I graded each student at their own ability and their own level, but also what I could see right. what their potential <clears throat> yeah. was. No, and, and that's a very, very good point because, you know, it's one of the challenges. For example, when you go in on, on an online forum, for example, and somebody says, what do you think? Well, I can tell you what I think, but it's probably not going to be all that helpful because I don't know you, right? I don't know your body of work. I don't know where you started. I don't know where you were a month ago. And so I'm going to criticize it out of a vacuum, basically. But if you know the person's history, if you know where somebody started, 
when they started working with you. And if you know the stages that they've gone through and they present you with new work, then you can look at that work in the context of their previous work, in the context of that person's experience. That's why it's so important to work with somebody for a long time. Yes. You know, and you recently we've had quite a large number of students signing up for my seven session consulting program. And I was quite surprised because we did not used to have that many before. I mean, I've always had, you know, quite a number of students, but this was a rather significant increase. And I think that the reason is because we start to see the value of working long term with somebody, you know, taking a workshop, but then continuing one on one, you know, with a call each month for two calls a month, you know, right? because that's the only context in which I can say, well, I can see the change. Right. You know, because really learning isn't about acquiring skills only. It's also about changing, right? It is, you know, growing. Growing, uh, doing things now that you couldn't do before. And of course, for somebody, doing something might come easy because they are at that level. But for somebody else, that same thing may be very difficult. And so getting to the ability of doing that one thing could be an achievement for that person. That's right. While for the other, it might not. Right? Exactly. Because I, I want to go back on the concept of achievement. Right. right. <laughs> I know. I know. You know notice, I was thinking, oh, we got to go know, back to this. That is how I did it. It's, <laughs> it's very, I thought about this. You know? So number one I have, which is the reasons why we are listing and documenting our accomplishments, is number one, to gain self-awareness. Number two, this is an important one, to lift our spirits when we are down and to get us feeling confident about ourselves again. Because I think as artists, we naturally sometimes hit a low period where we feel a little bit depressed or, you know, we think, you know, I'm not good enough, my art sucks. Well, a lot of artists tend to be very excited at times and very depressed exactly. at others. Exactly, so, and it's normal. Yeah, that's the case for many, many artists, you know. It is. And, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, because I would have 7th and 8th graders walk into right. the room, and I, was, and I could see that depression. And so that, you know, the next 85 minutes, what I was doing, building their self-esteem and building their confidence back up right. again, you know, so that they could continue. Yeah. But it affects artists. That it doesn't matter how old you are. It's not a personal defect. It's just a phenomenon that comes from doing something that you're passionate about. You go from periods of high to periods of low. You do. You know? And the real problem is on the periods of high because they take care of themselves. The problem is not to fall too low. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to put yourself under control, you know. So definitely that's one technique. Number three is to show that we have accomplished or completed, I shouldn't say accomplished, that we have completed projects that are difficult and that are worthwhile. Right. Because it's a mark of experience. Mm -hmm. It's a notch on your belt, so to speak. It you know? is. It's a, a testimony to the fact that you have got somewhere. And I think it also helps when people, you know, in times like we just talked about where you're depressed, you can tell yourself, well, you know, I'm not totally worthless. I did achieve that in the past. And if you look at it, if you have whatever it is that you've accomplished, you know, displayed in your work area or in your office where you look at it to right. remind yourself, oh, yeah, I did that. You know, I right. forgot about that. I did this. I did that. I did this. It's a track record. It is. Yeah, it's a reminder of your abilities. Even though you might think that you're never going to get anywhere, you can look at it and realize that you have got somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
Number four is to give specific measurable examples of your contributions, you know, in photography. Right, right. In a sort of resume in a way. Yeah. Yeah. To show to others what you can do. Because the thing with art is we can't really hide our skills or hide our level of achievement. The minute somebody sees some of what we've done, they know what we can do. It's (laughs) self-evident. It's like a musician. You can't fake whether you can play an instrument or not. And you can't fake at what level you can play it, you know. If somebody says, oh, I'm a great pianist, uh, you know, all it takes is say, okay, here's a piano, go for it. Right. And we'll figure that out real fast. <laughs> you know, we don't have to have a lie detector test. Just sit down and play something. <laughs> right. right. You know, I think it shows the audience where you're at in photography. It shows them that you're not a beginner. You know, it shows them exactly at what level of photography you're at and what you have accomplished. And if you are a beginner, it's also important to know that you are you a beginner. Exactly. You know? Because it starts there, right? The first stage of learning is realizing that you don't know, <laughs> right? Definitely. You know, knowing that you don't know, right? Before that, you don't know that you don't know. It used to shock me when I would teach art because I would have teachers that I worked with that would just say, oh, well, Natalie knows how to paint a mural or Natalie knows how to do ceramic tiles to do a, um, you know, some tiling work for the school. Uh And I would look at him and I would say, no, I don't. Yeah, it's very stressful when teachers do that because they assume something without really having evidence that you can or cannot do. And so when you're sitting in the classroom, it is sort of glorizing, you know, because you think, wow, they really trust in my abilities and, and you sort of experience a high. And then they look at you and they say, so you'll be in charge of that. And all of a sudden you realize that those skills have to actually exist for real. And you don't have them necessarily. And now you're stressed because you're going to have to do something for which you're not qualified. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I really think that it's one of the problems that a lot of photography students, a lot of the people we, we work with, you know, we teach, have. They feel that they should be higher than where they are. I have bought this kind of camera, you know, I I spent this kind of money, and for a lot of them, a lot of money, and therefore I should have that level of skill. And so they are trying to sort of pretend in a way, you know, not because they're pretentious, but because they think they have to be at that level. And the way I approach it is, to me, you know, you are where you are. You know, I, I can tell that very quickly the minute I see a print. Right. You know, or a photo on screen. That tells me everything. I don't have to have you tell me where you are at. I can evaluate that basically in an instant. And I'm not taking into consideration the equipment at all because I know that the equipment is something that anybody can buy provided they have the appropriate amount of money, right? (laughs) So, you know, whatever the thing costs, you know, if you have that much money and you're willing to spend it on it, it's yours. Right. right? It doesn't take skills. Buying equipment does not take skills. We could say, well, finding the proper equipment for what you want to do does require a certain amount of knowledge. That's true. But a good salesperson will help you with that. Mm -hmm. That's their job. I mean, if you go to a salesperson and you say, listen, I want to spend that much. I want to take that kind of photo. I'm looking for this type of technical features on my camera. What do you think? What do you suggest? They'll pretty much point to what you should have. It's a completely different thing to then be able to create something with it that's personal, right? Right. And the problem is a lot of people feel, well, you know, I have bought so much equipment with that much money tied into it, therefore I should have that level of skills. And it's not true. 
It's perfectly fine for me to have a student that has a very sophisticated camera and who is very much at the beginning of the learning process when it comes to photography. Mm -hmm. And very often what we see is that they are not so much at the beginning in terms of technique. They usually have a fairly good technique. But when it comes to artistic knowledge, they are at the beginning. Right. And it's very important to just say, listen, that's where I'm at, because we can help you a whole lot better that way. I agree. What is the next one on your list? The last one, number <clears throat> five, that I have on my list is that when you list and you display your accomplishment, that it sets you apart from your competitors and it also shows, you know, where exactly you're at. Right. You right. know, that maybe you're above your competitors. And I don't think that this is, you know, some people would look at it, well, that's bragging or that's being... Right. Um, pretentious. Pretentious, yeah. and it's not. No, if there's nothing pretentious when you have worked very hard to gain a certain type of knowledge or to achieve something specific, there's nothing pretentious about saying, that's what I've done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, if I tell somebody I offered, you know, two, three, four books, there's nothing pretentious. I mean, I work damn hard to make this happen. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, if somebody thinks they can sit down and do it in a weekend, good luck to them. Right. Because that did not work for me. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, a perfect example is a doctor right. or yeah. some other profession that has all the abbreviations after their name, after they write yeah. their name. You know what I mean? Do I look uh, at that and say, well, you know, he's really pretentious to write those right. after his name. Yeah. How arrogant of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How arrogant you know? of you. Yeah. All of his numbers and all of his letters, you know, that just... You know, that tells me something about you, you know. <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, what exactly does it tell you? You know, that I can help you? <laughs> no, that you're arrogant, I see. Do you really want yeah. me to help you with your problem or yeah. just want to look at my business card, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it clearly shows us you know, where this doctor is at, what his specialty is. But I find Uh it really interesting that in art, you know, people say, you know, they'll take the other thing. Oh, he's arrogant. He's a braggart, you know, and and all of these negative terms, whereas, you know, in in other professions, it's normal. (laughs) As artists, we are very sensitive to criticism, you know, and that's a criticism. If somebody says, well, that's really arrogant of you, you know, to list all of these things that you've done. What is really going on? What is really happening here? You know, obviously, we're not arrogant. We're just saying, listen, I published three books. I mean, you know, what should I do? Keep it a dirty secret? Right. I mean... (laughs) And they're for sale. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, and they're for sale. Oh my God, now I'm trying to make an income. You know, God forbid. No, I mean, obviously the problem is not with us. Right. The problem is with the person making those comments. That's very, very important. It is. That's the first step of understanding criticism is to ask ourselves, what is going on here? Why is this person saying these things? And in the case of somebody that says, that is quite arrogant of you, you know, what is really happening is that person is at a very, very beginning level where they don't understand that when you work hard at something, you achieve certain things and you are proud of them because they represent where you are at. Right. That's it. They don't understand that. It has nothing to do with you being arrogant. Arrogance is pretending to do things that you cannot do. For example, if somebody comes to me and says, can you photograph my wedding? And I say, oh, let me tell you something, my friend. Can I photograph your wedding? I'm from France. 
I'm from the country of love. <laughs> oh my we word. photograph weddings all the time. We French people have it in us to be able to photograph weddings better than anybody else. Can I photograph your wedding? Are you trying to insult me? Of course I can. That's arrogance. Because can I photograph a wedding? No, I have no wedding photography skills. I don't like wedding photography. I don't want to do it. And I don't know the first thing about it. Right. You know? So it would be arrogant of me to pretend that. And that's what arrogance is. It's pretending to do something that you cannot do. The fact that I'm French has no bearing on my abilities to photograph weddings. <laughs> you know. But if I say I'm the author of three books, I'm not pretending to do something that I cannot do. You just, you know, here they are, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's quite obvious. You just go to your local bookstores and, uh, you know, look on the shelf that says photography, right? So the problem is not with me. The problem is with the person making the comments. And that's very important to keep in mind, not just in terms of that, but in terms of any criticism. So what else do you have uh, about achievement? I know you have uh, more well, that's, than that. Well, those were the five reasons that I have that we should list and display our uh, Right, and those are very accomplishments. important. Yeah, those are very important. So maybe we should go into looking at some achievements, right? Yeah, you I know? would. Yeah, I don't know what you have written down there. Well, you know, for example, with some of the students that I worked on this year, we actually made lists of things that we achieved during the past year, right? This is fantastic. And, and I found, you know, actually the idea came from the students. I did not really say, okay, for next week, we're going to look at your achievements because that's something that somebody has to decide on their own. But they said, you know, I really want to look at my goals for 2011, and, and before we do that, I want to look at what I've done in 2010, right? Right. And uh, for example, with one specific student, we looked at the fact that in 2010, he created a new area in his house to do photography, that he started a photography business, that he completed several important projects, that he started using specific software to make prints, and that he actually wrote an artist statement, completed a price list, and uh, optimized uh, you know, his whole system. Those are quite a list of achievements. And I'm not being very specific here because I don't want to be listing everything that that person did. No, but this personal. is a lot because this right. person has a full-time job. Right. This is not a full-time photographer. This is somebody who does this on the side. Exactly. Right? And that's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. And we've done that with a number of students. I do it also for myself. Every year, because I'm arrogant. <laughs> no, you're very good about doing right, that. Every, I don't. Right. Every you year, should. I make a list of what I have done that year. And uh, I break the list in different areas. I list uh, all of the essays that I publish, for example, because I write extensively. I list all of the shows uh, that I've done. I list... Uh, all of the changes that I've made to my business, to my practice. I also list other things in my life, you know, like if we bought, uh, you know, a house or, or if we bought some, some real estate, I list that. If we achieve something in specific areas of our lives, I list that, you know. So it's not specific to photography. It covers my whole life. But I find it very helpful because later down the road, you know, when looking back two, three, four, five and more years, I honestly cannot remember what I did in 2006. Well, you know? sometimes it goes by so fast. It goes very fast, and, and there is a lot going on, and you know, one year runs into the next. Right. And so I'm, sometimes I'm like, well, when did I do that? Well, I just go back to my summary, and these are fairly concise. They are about a page on an 8 by 10 piece of paper, about a page, you know, letter-sized paper. And I'm like, well, okay, so that was that year. 
you know. And then sometimes I may be surprised that it's not that far back. Right. right. Like I think, oh, we must have done that three, four years ago, and it may have been two years, maybe last year. You know? Right. Things run into each other. They do, know? and you forget. Yeah. So, you know, if I publish a book, I list that. If I uh, become, uh, you know, recognized in some way, I list that, you know, everything. And of course, not just for photography. And I recommend that other people follow the same approach. It does not have to be specific to photography. No, it doesn't. Uh, because we have milestones in our lives that are unrelated to photography, but that might somehow impact our photography. If you move into a new home and you have more space and now you have a larger studio, or if you have a studio at all where you can work, right? Because we have a number of students that don't have their own room right, to work right. on. And let's say now you move into a new home and you have your own room to work on. Well, that to me is something very important that I would list. Yeah, because it's dedicated just to photography and what you're doing. It's nothing, that room is not used for anything else. And you can close the door and be by yourself. Right. I mean, just our neighbor, who is not a photographer, but who does web design, one of his big uh, issues is that he doesn't have his own room to work on. I know. To work in. He doesn't have his own space. Right. He's working in a hallway, basically, which is between the kitchen and the bedroom. And there is a sort of table and desk but people are constantly going through as they go between the bedroom, which is where one of the bathrooms is, the and, living the, room. and the living room kitchen, yeah. And he's constantly talking about, when he comes here, how much he would love to have a room like I have, when well, we actually have several. But, at but least, that your office right. is in the back of the house, right. kind of away from everything. I'm away from everything. To get to me, you have to go through several <laughs> <laughs> layers of defense. Secret chambers. That's right. And guards, yeah. And I'm only that way. <laughs> we have traps, too. <laughs> yes, they, they are. Warning, fire traps in use. Live traps. Fair traps. You know, yeah. um, but I'm only that way. It makes me feel comfortable. I don't want to be looking out of the front window and see the UPS driver when he stops by. I'd, I'd rather have things happen without my awareness because I can concentrate on my work. Right. And to me, that's an achievement, being able to have that. I know that for a long time, I wanted to have an office with a door that takes me outside. To the backyard. Right, yeah. to the back of the house, which I didn't have in a previous house. Right. And now we do, and that's fantastic. And we also wanted one room to dedicate as your gallery. Right. You know, and we made a conscious decision that we weren't going to decorate the whole house with your artwork. We have oil paintings, we have sculptures, we have Navajo rugs, we have pastels. Yeah, people come to see us and they're like, oh my God, you have a gallery. Um, How did that happen? And we have to explain to them that it was a plan. Mm -hmm. We bought the house because there was a room that we could use as a gallery. It wasn't an afterthought. No. You know, somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago, you know, what made me successful? And at the time, you know, what was my big break? That was your question. What, what was your big break? You know? And at the time, I thought, you know, it had to be the Grand Canyon show because we sold so much artwork. But after I answered that, I realized that, yeah, it was that. But it was really the fact that we had a plan. And if I hadn't found the Grand Canyon, I, I would have found another location. Because the plan was to find a location where I could sell my work. Correct. Know? Yeah. That was the plan. The specific location wasn't really in the plan. There was no way to know that. Right. And that's what people miss, you know. Uh, the same with uh, our neighbor who comes here and says, oh, my God, you have such a nice office. Well, that was the plan. Right. <laughs> you know, and I don't want to be introspective. I don't want to ask him any questions. But really what I'm wondering is why it wasn't his plan. I mean, because he does that for a living, 
He works at home 100% of the time, except when he visits with clients. And you just wonder why you never down on him that he needed an office. Right. You know? But, you know, it's none of my business. It's a free country. People can do as they please. Well, um, just last week we had um, a couple of people in the gallery, and we were talking about when you left the Ph.D. program at Michigan Tech and we moved to the Navajo Reservation, and I taught there. And the lady looked at me and she said, I see you had a plan. You had a plan. And I was shocked. And I was thinking, well, of course I had a plan. I wouldn't move to the Navajo reservation without having a plan. Yeah. Why would you move to (laughs) Chinle, Arizona, you know? On a whim. (laughs) You know, as luck would have it, I found myself in the middle of the Navajo reservation. Why? I don't know. Uh, it could have been anywhere, you know. No, we had a plan. But, you know, we saw this movie, I think it's uh, A Night at the Museum, you know, part two, oh, where this yes. actor plays a cowboy character. I forgot the name of the actor. Maybe you remember? No? I don't remember. Anyway, he's just a comedian. He's a comedian, but he's, uh, he I plays the character of a cowboy. And at one point, we have to make decisions. And one guy says, well, let's make a plan. And he says, no, we are Americans. We act. We don't plan. <laughs> yes. We just do. Right? I remember that. We just do. And I think... I told you, as, because we were talking about planning and so on, and I said, uh, you know, it worked during the Wild West times, but it doesn't work now anymore because things are very complex. And there is a lot of people trying to do the same things you're doing. There's competition. Even though we might not be doing this as a business or to be competitive, we're not the only ones. And I mean, there is a bunch of people doing the same thing. There is a form of competition. And if you don't plan, you know, you're not going to get the resources that you need because a lot of people want these resources. It's really something shocking to me how few people plan, really. It goes with financial matters. People just buy things. I mean, we've had quite a few students come to us after one year of buying equipment when we finally tally up the bill. And be totally shocked at how much money they spent on equipment. They say, can you believe I spent $40,000 in cameras? And, and we've had some in the six figures quite often. Well, yes, I can believe it. You know, I mean, the digital bike is 50 grand. So <laughs> that'd be 50 grand right there, you know. Um, you know, what else did you buy, right? A printer, a computer. I mean, you know, it can get very high very fast. But if you don't have a plan <laughs> and you just buy, and then at the end of the year, you total everything, I cannot see why you wouldn't be shocked. I mean, right. you will be shocked. You know, there's no other way. But if you budget and you say, well, this year I'm going to spend X amount of dollars on equipment, and you stick to that budget, you stick to the plan, you won't be shocked. <laughs> you know? That's true. So that takes us quite a ways from achievements, but I think it's an important aspect of achievement because definitely an achievement is sticking to your budget if you did one, or maybe an achievement is making a budget, you know, if you haven't. And goals, setting goals. And setting goals and having a plan. You know, if you have a plan and you put it to action, I think that's an achievement. If it works, if the plan gets you what you want within that one year, that's another achievement. But it may or may not reach success within a year, right? right? It might take more than that. So just drawing a plan is an achievement. Putting the plan into action is another achievement. Achieving the goal is a third achievement. So there's layers and levels of achievements. So one of the things that I did here is I made a list on this little essay, which you can find on my website also, if you go to the sections on essays, you know, beautiful-landscape.com, and then go to the section called essays, and you'll find an essay called Accomplishments. And in that essay, I list 
a number of things that you may want to consider when thinking about your accomplishments for the past year. And uh, that list is basically different things that came to my mind as I was thinking about this. Not all items will apply to you. This is just designed to give you some ideas. And, you know, I'm going to read some of them here. I broke it into different categories. The first one is study, personal growth and achievement. And then the second category is for people who are selling their work. And that other checklist focuses on marketing. So the first one is for personal growth. And it says... The first question, what medium or skill did you attempt or master this year? What did you try that was completely new? What did you try that was uncomfortable but helped you grow? Because we learn by doing things that we're not comfortable with. What worthy cause did you support? What new art events, galleries, and museums did you visit? You know, you have to look at art. You can't just make your own work. Oh, that's true. You know, very important. What what exhibits did you go see? And a lot of people today don't go to any exhibit because they look at the the web. But the web is not the same quality as an exhibit. First of all, a computer monitor is not an original photograph or painting. And then second, a 40 by 50 on the monitor is the size of the monitor. It's not 40 by 50. (laughs) Large prints, small prints, medium-sized prints, they all look the same size on the internet. So you have to go to art events, galleries, museums, to experience contact with actual real artwork and see big paintings as big paintings. Right. You know. What new equipment, cameras, lenses, software, etc., did you get? What resources did you discover or master? How did you improve your studio habits? What books did you read to learn new skills? What videos or films did you watch? on photography? What seminars, workshops, or lectures did you attend? How did you enhance your office or studio environment? Did you meet some important people who changed your way of looking at photography? Did you ask help from someone? Which projects did you complete? Folios, portfolios, shows, websites, artist statements, photography trips, and so on. Did you exhibit your work? If you did exhibit your work, where did you exhibit it? Did you have articles written about your work or were you interviewed? What awards did you receive? What was the single best thing that happened to your photography in 2010? If you sell your work, this is the additional checklist that focuses on marketing. How did you promote your art? What did you do to enhance your online presence? What technological skills did you learn or improve? How many people did you add to your mailing list or email list? How many Twitter or Facebook followers did you gain, provided you use these two uh, social sites? What new marketing materials did you develop and start using? And where did you sell your work? And finally, how much work did you sell? I think that those are very good guidelines. Of course, like I said, you don't have to use all of them. They don't all apply to everybody. But it's a starting point. Oh, yes. I think it's a very good list. And it really generates thought. You know, it, re- it generates reflection. Right. Because there is a number of things in this list, even for me, that I might not think about. You know, because we tend to think about what we do. We don't think about what we don't do. But because we don't do it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Or we forget what we did in the very beginning. We also do, yeah. You and know. and one year you might go to 10 exhibits, for example, and another year go to zero. And it's worth taking stock of that. You know, Maybe it's time to go back. You know. Right. No, it's a very good list. So I think that concludes our podcast on accomplishments, I think. Yeah. And um, to think about what you would like to accomplish 
in 2011. I think right. it's important, you know, to maybe start writing a list or start planning, you know, what you would like to accomplish. Right. Right. And then at the end of the year, write a list of everything that you actually did accomplish and see, you know, where you were at, whether you met your goals. How well you did. How well you yeah. did. If it's measurable or not measurable. You well, know, it's measurable kind of if you if you make it measurable. You know, one of the things that we see with beginners is they don't want to make it measurable necessarily. You know, people that are not ready to learn yet, they refuse to have a measurable element in their work because they don't want to measure whether they succeeded or failed. It's right. very interesting. For example, if you say to somebody, well, I think one of your goals should be to create, let's say, 10 good photographs this year. One response we hear from people who are not yet ready to learn, that's how I categorize this kind of response, is, well, if I do that, that's going to limit my potential for this year because what if I create 50, right? <laughs> you know? and, and the fact, you know, it's, it's laughable because, you know, if somebody comes to me and say, I created 10 great photographs last year, to me, that's an achievement. It's a lot. It's a lot. 50? <laughs> I don't know. You know, either you're God's gift to photographers and you have talent beyond anything else that I can imagine, or you're a little delusional, <laughs> you know, and probably it's delusional, right? But we find that with people that are not yet ready to learn, they don't want to limit, you know, quote unquote, not realizing that by defining goals, you actually expand your limits. Yes. That's what is really happening. If you say, I'm going to create 10 great photographs this year, because of the difficulty of the task, you're more likely to get 10. If you don't define it, you're likely to get none. And that's what really happened. And so there's really an important thing here about achievements and about accomplishments and listing them that it does represent a higher level of learning. It does represent a step in the learning process that you go from maybe not being ready to learn to realizing that you have to learn, to realizing that you have to plan, that you have to set goals, that you have to celebrate accomplishments. A lot of people that refuse to celebrate accomplishments usually do that because they haven't accomplished anything. It's, it's sort of a little sad. But when I ask people, you know, well, what did you accomplish last year? Can you make a list? And they're like, well, I don't think I should do that, you know, because I think that's going to limit me, you know, again, you know, because what you consider accomplishments may not be what I consider accomplishment. Really, what they're saying is, I really didn't do a whole lot last year. Because I think that it's pretty clear what an accomplishment is. Yes. Know? There's not really a misunderstanding. here. So all of that to say that setting a measurable goal, how many photographs, how many projects, how many trips, how many workshops, how much work right. you know, you're going to do is actually a very, very effective way to measure at the end of the year how much you've accomplished. Oh, yeah. You know. A simple one could be developing a solid workflow, you know, so that when you start working on your images, right. you have a system. Well, that, that'd be one goal. Yeah. I mean, uh, and that's... I mean, among many possible goals. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I'm yeah. saying, you know, that would be an accomplishment right. for some. And for others who already have a solid work foundation, they wouldn't, you yeah. know, see that as an accomplishment. Yeah, maybe an accomplishment is finding a different workflow. Yeah. <laughs> Break the mold, right? <laughs> There's always yeah. a different goal, you know. And, right. Uh, we never stop learning. You know, those that no. stop learning basically, you know, wither and die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's something that you and I both share is that we have a love for learning. And I think teachers do generally. Yeah. I forgot who it was that when he was asked, uh, I forgot the name of the person, but when he was asked whether he still learned a lot and that person was fairly accomplished and, and uh, recognized, he would point to dead grass and he would say, see, 
why is it dead? And, and uh, people would say, I, I don't know, it dried out. I said, no, it's dead because it stopped growing. <laughs> 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 green grass is green because it's growing. Right. Dead grass is dead because it stopped growing, you know. And of course, the seasons are involved. You know, grass doesn't grow in the winter, at least not all of them. But it's an interesting point that you remain green because you continue to learn mm -hmm. and because you continue to grow. You know, that, that's what's important. That is, in a way, we can maybe end on this. There is no eventual ultimate goal in accomplishments. It's just temporary goals. We are just celebrating what we've accomplished this year or last year. Mm -hmm. But there's not really a place that we are aiming for that will be the final accomplishment. We just keep working and we keep learning and we keep growing and we stay green, you know. Otherwise, we become dry and we wither and die, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, on this bright note, <laughs> we're going to end the podcast. And uh, the next podcast is the one on the summit for 2011, which is in Dev Valley. Oh, that's going to be yeah. a wonderful summit. So if you thought this was over, it's not. <laughs> you will have to come back. And uh, we thank you again for listening, and uh, we hope to have you listen to our next podcast, which will be on the 2011 summit in Dev Valley National Park in California. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. Bye.